Hello. Hi guys. Welcome back to the pod. Today is our 13th episode of Gremlin Talk, if you can believe that. I simply cannot. And I say this every single week on the podcast. I can't believe that I have this living record of the last 15 weeks of my life. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'm your host, Max Shea Smith. I am a TikToker. I'm an engineer. I'm a content creator. I'm an ultra running athlete. I'm a life coach. I have a lot of different hats. I don't think I've ever given a formal introduction on this podcast except for maybe the very first episode. Felt like we were overdue for a real introduction. And today is going to be a little vulnerable, I think. What's new? It's always vulnerable on the pod. Every single week it's like, oh, here's a here's a new a new thing. Here is a new little piece of my life. I've never told everybody. <laughs> now now the whole internet hears it. Every time I try to get past a minute and 18 seconds, I forget about a different obligation I had. So I actually just wrapped up an hour and a half-ish long FaceTime with my two friends from college. Then my laundry went off. I did laundry for the first time in three weeks. It's giving Colorado Trail Town Day, honestly. How are you guys today? How are you doing? Let's just take a little moment. We haven't done this in a while. Let's take a moment. Breathe in. Breathe out. Do you hear the motorcycles in the background? People drive insanely loud motorcycles up and down the Alamana road. Is that even? There's a canal and they drive their motorcycles. It's so ridiculous. Honestly, on my red flag list, there are a lot of other things on my red flag list. Realtors, military men, addictive personalities, caring too much about a truck, pro athletes, any guy that fights. It's a really long list. I think there, I have 40, yeah, 40 things on my list. I am also realizing that this is the last episode I'm gonna be filming in Waikiki. I'm unwell even considering that right now, especially considering if you follow me (laughs) on other things you may have seen that maybe I'm kind of seeing a guy here and there. If you follow me on Strava, perhaps. I don't want to leave. Why, Kiki? I really love living in Oahu. It is... This, I'm so grateful for this period of my life. I feel like I have gotten to get a ton of rest from the Colorado Trail. I have gotten to work on my business. I have gotten to get back into CrossFit. There's just so many things that I was missing when I was on the Colorado Trail and when I was living in my car traveling before that I now get to experience. There are a lot of things I want to talk about today and I want to be really really candid and vulnerable and honest because obviously on this podcast we have talked a lot about relationships and dating and setting boundaries. I would consider myself kind of an expert boundary setter at this point honestly. It's something I work on a lot with clients which is really really fun and like so nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous either. I think it's because I'm like seeing somebody kind of new who, by the way, has no social media. So he has literally no idea who I am, zero idea what I'm like. I don't think he knows 
I'm chaotic yet. I mean, it'd be hard not to know that, I guess, just based on the way I live my life. But the point is, I'm still in those like newer stages where, you know, you kind of want to act like everything's totally chill. Like, we've had some deep conversation. Okay, I'm just gonna, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. This is what we're doing. Alex, if you listen to this episode, hi. (laughs) I told him I have a podcast. I'm like, praying to God he doesn't listen to it. He can never find this. Okay, so as we may or may not all know, I dated my college boyfriend for three and a half years. Prior to dating my college boyfriend, I dated my high school boyfriend for two and a half years. I dated my high school boyfriend. We got together when I just turned 15 and then broke up freshman year of college. I was single for like two to three months. And in that time, like I never really got to practice singleness, you know, like I kind of went through like a freshman year ho phase, just live, laugh, loving in male validation, which is kind of all you grow up in, especially as a woman. It's like your world is supposed to revolve around male validation. And I didn't really learn that until I was in college. So yeah, I went through my own little ho phase, whatever. Um, And then I started dating my college boyfriend and my college boyfriend He's great. His name's Zach. Again, I talk about all the time. He's like one of my best friends now. And I didn't have the awareness or knowledge that I do now to understand why that relationship worked for so long. I guess like worked maybe isn't the right reason because I think a lot of it was really healthy, but then there was a lot of it that was codependent. And when you have an anxious attachment style like myself, you tend to fall into codependent relationships or you fall into like the anxious avoidant trap type relationships which are so painful and I have totally been there and I know how to get out of it now which I've had to learn the painful way so I'm dating my college boyfriend everything's very calm he was so baffling because he you know when you come from a household where sometimes you can't fully predict a parent's emotions so I had a parent who would kind of like snap just off the cuff and I grew up fearful of that snapping so I I really don't like when men get upset like that is a huge thing for me when men are upset it it makes me so uncomfortable I'm like sweating like crawling out of my skin I don't like when men get upset I guess angry angry is different than upset because upset encompasses like a lot of emotions but specifically anger like rage is just utterly terrifying to me i actually was kind of seeing this one guy who would use anger and rage to kind of like belittle or like scare me and it was so unattractive that it was like okay dude like this is you really need to work on this i didn't date him for very long clearly but so dated my college boyfriend and he was just so stable. Like everything about this man was so stable. I would be upset about something and I would tell him what I was upset about and he would just adjust. He would reassure me, he would adjust, he would communicate. It was like a very textbook, like secure relationship, if that makes sense. If you don't know anything about attachment theory, you need to go read some books. I've got got resources for you. At least read Attached. The authors are like Amir Levine and 
the book's called Attached. There's a magnet on the cover. But I had no idea about attachment theory when I was dating when I was 17. So I only came into awareness about attachment theory in 2020, like after him and I broke up and I started dating again. And I was wondering why I was dating men who were just demons on earth. It's because I was attracting emotionally unavailable men because I myself was am was emotionally unavailable however even if it's a secure relationship that doesn't mean that it's like gonna work out it doesn't mean that's like the man you're gonna marry you can still be incompatible so I ended up breaking up with him when we were living in Boulder in 2020 that was when I started seeing the guy who would get rageful and aggressive and then um, dated him for about a month moved to California swore off men for six months because that the the guy who would come at me with a lot of anger definitely had an avoidant attachment style and it was so toxic for me like I never know where we stood he there was just a lot of underlying stuff there that was not conducive for my own attachment style and I had no idea I had an anxious attachment style because basically growing up like my entire life I could have cared less about a guy liking me this is getting convoluted in high school and stuff I just remember like talking to a bunch of guys and not really having any real attachment to whether any of them liked me or not and then I started dating my high school boyfriend and my parents got divorced while we were dating which causes just all kinds of I have the most weird views of marriage now but somewhere along those lines and I'm pretty sure it's my parents divorce I kind of fell into this ancient, ancient, anxious <laughs> attachment style. So what does it mean to have an anxious attachment style? You always feel off of your center, I guess is probably the best way of describing it. Especially in the early stages of seeing someone, you're trying to figure out their patterns and who they are. You're preoccupied with the idea of being abandoned. So you pick up really intuitively on the other person's cues, but you often read those cues with negative intentions versus assuming positive intentions. There was a study done and people with anxious attachment styles could perceive an emotion coming on sooner, but they had trouble predicting the emotion. So it can be a superpower if you learn how to self-soothe and you learn how to be independent. I think also that's why I've kind of been in this phase of hyper-independence for so long. Last two years of my life, it's kind of been... I don't need anybody to help me. I'll figure it out. I don't need a man's help. I also have been dating men who are not reliable. And I've talked about this on previous episodes too. And I think it's my communication style because I love to just be very playful and mess around. I don't take people too seriously. And it's not a problem because I think you should approach dating playfully. However, you shouldn't read into someone's inconsistency as like part of the appeal. Like it's one thing to be consistent and playful. It's another thing to be inconsistent. <laughs> and consistency looks like a lot of different things. So something I have been learning as I've started to move into a healthier dating phase. It was a couple months ago that I was seeing this guy. We were in like a true situationship. Like he was not able to provide commitment for me. And that wasn't a problem for me because I didn't actually 
actually want commitment. I thought I did, but I was not ready to be in any kind of relationship with someone. So I ended that situationship and I kind of came to the realization that I needed to look for health. I knew what health looked like. I had an awareness of secure attachment. I had an awareness of my own attachment style. And I knew that I needed to be ruling out people who were not consistent and who were not looking for the same things as me and who didn't have serious intentions. I've talked a little bit about my hinge experience on this podcast. You guys have seen the messages, whatever. But around February, March, I kind of started seeing this guy. <laughs> Not seeing him, but like we messaged on hinge for like a whole month before I was like, oh wait, he's like actually kind of funny and cool. David and I were deep in this phase of absolutely tormenting men on hinge and it was funny. It went on for a long time and it was funny, but it ended because I met this guy. I get drunk on St. Patrick's Day and I had gotten off hinge. I hadn't been on hinge in a week or two and I texted him and I was just like, hey, like, what's your number? I'm drunk at a bar and I'm going to FaceTime you. And he sends me his number. I FaceTime him. He's really cute. It lasted all of like 20 seconds. When we went on our first date, he said that the FaceTime from me was really cute because I, I FaceTime him and we talked for like literally 12 seconds. And then I'm like, this isn't working out as well as I thought it was. So I'm going to go now. And then I said, okay, love you, bye. And I hung up and he really liked that apparently. <laughs> that guy was great. That guy was like very secure. There was a lot of really good green flags on his part, honestly. He didn't kiss me until the third date. I have found it to be true that if a guy makes a move on you really early, he doesn't respect you. I hate to say it. And it works out for some people. Like some people sleep with their future husband on their first date and it works out. It doesn't really work out if you're someone dating with like an anxious attachment style and you're dating guys with avoidant attachment styles because it tricks you into thinking that you have an emotional connection with someone that you really don't. But so he doesn't kiss me until the third date. Nothing really happens. But I, in the back of my mind, I did have some, you know, I had some concerns. Specifically, he wouldn't answer my calls. I was traveling a lot. Like every single weekend I was somewhere. And this is probably a sign to everybody that I wasn't ready for a relationship, right? I wasn't ready to commit to anybody, but I was trying. I was putting myself out there. I was dipping my toe in the pool of commitment, all right? So I go to Sacramento a weekend. I go to Zion for a weekend. I go to Boston. I go to guard games. And in this time, I don't I'm not on my phone a lot and he would disappear as well on the weekend. So he would text me pretty consistently through the week and then just completely disappear. And him and I talked about it and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just like out with my friends. Like I'm just like having a good time. And that's fine. That's fine if you don't want to be on your phone. But it was just very, like he would just completely drop off the face of the earth. Like it was like during work hours, everything was cool. And then on the weekends, he was like later skaters. But he was affirmative with his words. He was able to communicate his emotions really well. He had a lot of really long term friends like friends from kindergarten I think his roommates were literally his best friends from kindergarten there were a lot of green flags is the point here but there was something in the back of my mind that was thinking you know I don't think this guy is quite ready for something serious or I mean and serious is a hard word to pin down because that's not even really what I was looking for I just didn't want to just sleep with anybody anymore I was looking for like a deeper emotional connection with another person and looking back now I'm like Dude, if I could do things differently, I think I would have like, <laughs> I think, I think I would have gone, gotten into a situationship with him, but obviously I didn't really know that 
the way my life was going to pan out. Like, I didn't know I was leaving, right? Like, I didn't know I would be leaving the state. I didn't know I'd keep traveling full-time. So, I, I it would have, course, corrected a lot of what's going on in my life currently. Probably for the worst. I probably would have moved to Santa Monica, stayed at my job longer, whatever. So, lots of green flags with this man. But I, I had a feeling, and I'm going to tell you what I did. And I hope he never hears this podcast. He follows me on TikTok, but I have real doubts that he listens to the pod. So he doesn't have a lot of social media. He had a private Instagram with like three posts on it. And he did have a green flag in that he was following the same amount of people that he was followed by. I think like the one-to-one ratio is kind of golden, but it was private and I just didn't want to let him into my life like that. Again, another little sign from my intuition that he probably wasn't the right guy. So I do a thing. And when I tell you this thing that I did, I I want you to know it didn't come organically from my brain. Okay, I found this on TikTok. Tess, my roommate now, sends me a TikTok and it's like, oh, this guy, I thought my ex had no social media. And then I looked on his Venmo and I backtracked to his real social media and I found his girlfriend and like there was there was a long line but the point here is venmo is a powerful tool venmo is a tool that gets shit done the fucking fbi better be using venmo so i'm like oh shit i like the stump my stomach dropped i was like oh my god i need to look this man up on venmo and i go on his venmo keep in mind this is like march april ish i go on his venmo what what do i find (laughs) he And I didn't know the name of his ex-girlfriend. Like, I had no way of tracking her down. Like, I I had no idea. All he had told me is that he was dating his college girlfriend for a long time as well. So, he was dating his college girlfriend for five years. I didn't have any information about who she was, where she lived, like, why they broke up. I didn't ask anything. I didn't want to know anything. So, immediately, because I didn't have to go back very far in this guy's Venmo, uh, I see transactions with a girl, and it's pretty clear that it's his girlfriend. And they're really sweet, actually. Like, it almost made me like him a little bit more. But basically, I looked on his Venmo, and it was, like, late December he was, like, sending her money still for, like, nice things. Like, I think it said, like, morning pick-me-up. Like, he sent her money for coffee, you guys, at the end of December. And then there was another thing, and it was uh, him sending her money for a turkey trot registration, okay? Like, this is fucking serious. But, so, I'm sitting here, and it's March, April, and... I'm putting together, I'm doing maths. I'm doing quick maths. I have a degree in chemical engineering, okay? I can do differential equations. I can put some two plus two together on this. And I start realizing he had probably broken up with his girlfriend like three months before. She, I went on her Venmo, of course, because I'm a good sleuth. And she had sent one of her friends money like early February and it said, like men are the worst and there was another thing it was like therapy like one of four mexico like (laughs) i'm not proud of any of this and i did it because i felt i felt a thing i knew in my heart that there was something going on and i i i figured it out but i didn't do a crazy girl thing i didn't go to him and say i looked on your venmo like you and your girlfriend only i didn't i didn't confront him no because that's that's not what we do girls That is not what we do. One, because then you can't catch him in a lie. I have dated some pretty serious liars and manipulators in the last two years. So don't don't come to him with your evidence, okay? See what he can organically postulate. So 
This guy and I go on a fourth date. Date's going well. We're walking around in Malibu. He starts kissing me. And it just felt like the energy was different than it had been before. He was a little more like handsy. And I got really panicky because I do, okay, here we go. I definitely do have somewhat of a fear of physical intimacy with men. And I've thought about this a lot, okay? I used to not be like this, but then I started realizing that I was sleeping with people who were hurting with me. So I hurting with me. They weren't, they were just hurting me. And so I came up with the rule of only sleeping with people who care about me. But Regardless, the energy had changed and I was like, oh my fucking God, like this guy's just trying to sleep with me. So I pull away really abruptly and I'm like, um, and I look up at him cause he's like six three cause he's beautiful, right? He's a really good looking man and he's really tall. So I look up at him and I'm like, uh, what are your intentions? And what he says, he says, that's a good question. And my heart just dropped. I had so much hope for this guy. Like there were so many things about this guy that were so secure. Like I think the timing was bad and I think, you know, in like a year and a half, he'd probably be like a really great boyfriend, but he just wasn't ready. You know, he had spent five years of his life. Uh, I, I found out more info that him and his girlfriend were long distance. He was driving up to see her a lot. Basically he was spending his early twenties like giving his life away to this girl and so now he was in the phase where he just wanted to have something casual and hang out with his buddies and not have a real commitment to anybody and there's a good amount of irony to this because I felt like the stage that this guy was in was the stage I was in you know a year and a half prior so he tells me you know I'm not looking for anything serious but I'm really confused because I really like you and I was like yeah you know, I know. And I told him, that's not really what I'm interested in. I just got out of a situationship. I'm not really interested in jumping into another one. And he, of course, was really kind and considerate because I think he's a good guy. He's just not in a good phase of his life right now. And, you know, this is so... <laughs> I do this thing where... I talk too much so <laughs> it's this is a problem when something happens and it's kind of awkward my solution is to just talk it's gotten me into a lot of trouble before I have accidentally made some guys very upset with me because I give them too many details so you know I kind of told him like yeah I, I, I basically explained the the prior year and a half of dating and I was like oh yeah I guess I'm telling you all this because I don't I don't really think I'll see you again. He was like, you don't think you're going to see me again? It's like, no, no, I, I really don't, dude. And I was correct because I, I haven't seen him. <laughs> I was not lying. When I was leaving Santa Monica for the last time before my road trip, I did text him WYA and then blocked him immediately. I was drinking and it was just, you know, I just wanted to see what would happen. That's what gets me into trouble most of the time is, you know, I'm torn between this wanting to be healthy and committed and involved with someone and then my life is so transient right now that I tend to do things that don't align with that so you know me texting this guy WYA me seeing my situationship one more time before I left like it was it it's kind of toxic but also it's just kind of human and 
Yeah. So I left Los Angeles and I decided I was going to be health. I was going to work through my relationship stuff, which is what I had decided a year and a half prior. And that was how I built the skills to get to where I am with my awareness, my communication. Like As shitty as it is, I, I had to go through all of these situationships and these avoidant men and these liars and manipulators to learn how to weed people out and learn how to be protective of myself and learn how to set boundaries and put myself first. And all of that leads us into my present day experience dating. And that present day experience is learning how to date someone in a healthy way, how to rule out the avoidant people. It's funny because last week on the podcast, I'm pretty sure I said that I'm swearing off men. And this week I'm like, going on a third date with a guy in Hawaii. It's fine. Everything's totally fucking chill. I have one week left and all of a sudden I meet this person. Okay. And this man, it's kind of insane because I have been a little bit hung up on somebody for the last couple months and not anybody I'm in contact with, just a situation in particular. And now that I'm experiencing this new dating dynamic, this new relationship, I'm realizing all of the pitfalls and the emotional toxicity in the person that I was hung up with because there was a really long time that I didn't let this person into my life more because I was like, I think he's avoidant. I think he's not ready. I think he's emotionally unavailable. But I really hadn't yet experienced the benefits of dating someone who is just so fucking secure. And now, now that I'm even in the presence of health, I'm like, why would I ever go back to the avoidant game type thing? So what does it look like seeing someone who is both emotionally available and secure. First of all, it's fucking shocking. He's just so calm. And I mean, I have done my own inner work with a lot of my anxieties and triggers. And I feel like emotionally, I'm in a really rock solid place right now. But you can be rock solid on your own. And then the second you're involved with something romantically, you can get really thrown off kilter. And as much as I'm still working through these attachment issues. I'm able to self-soothe a lot better because I just know that this guy is solid. I honest, I, I hardly know him. I've known him for like four days and I just kind of trust that he is who he says he is. He was baffled when we had the conversation of, well, I'm fearful of physical intimacy with men because when they get what they want, they leave. He was, he was baffled. Okay, and this is how, this is really what solidified the secureness in my mind. He said, it usually takes me a while to warm up to people physically. And he even said like, sometimes like too long, like it's a little like, dude, like, come on. And that is so secure. Okay, like secure people do not take physical and emotional intimacy lightly. They don't separate the two. They don't just sleep with people to sleep with people, which is also why I stopped letting myself be physically intimate with people I wanted more from because there was an inkling in my mind that if you are able to separate those two things so succinctly, you're not emotionally available. And I finally have met a man who confirms that. And it's 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 mind-blowing, frankly. He kind of just says what he thinks 
He gets a little nervous, but he's not overly afraid of rejection. And I catch myself, like, I will not offer any more information than he gives me. So when we initially had the conversation of, well, what are we doing? Like, I'm leaving Hawaii in a week. I wasn't really willing to be the one to put my two cents out there first. (laughs) And I caught myself kind of him to figure out what he was thinking also because I was so afraid that knowing I was leaving in a week and a half he was only trying to sleep with me which spoiler alert that is not the case at all and I kind of pried him a little bit and he just like told me what he was thinking and I was like yeah that's that's the boat I'm in we're we're on the same page so yeah it's been a little weird okay like dealing with consistency versus guys who are just so not dependable And I'm still wrestling with what to do with it, you know? The hard part is when you're dating and you have an insecure attachment style, uh, avoidant or anxious, dating another person is always going to throw you off your normal equilibrium. And you have to learn how to return to equilibrium, which sucks because you're never at peace. As much as I can say, yeah, I just don't really worry about this guy. It's still like there's still always going to be a little thing where I'm a little thrown off. And I think I will be working through that for a really long time. But we're, we're doing the work and we're doing it with awareness, which is really important. And this also kind of ties into me working as a life coach at the moment. I am learning that to be a good life coach, I need to be really diligent about taking care of myself. Life coaching is a lot of energetic work. And when I show up to session, I want to be centered. I want to be grounded. I want to be fully present. I want to be in a headspace to be a good listener for my clients. And starting a business business and being a coach and making this part of my livelihood means that I need to be even more diligent than I was before about who I'm dating because they have the potential to affect my business and my clients. And it's so funny because all I have been seeking is the ability to protect myself for so long. The ability to put what I want first and the ability to set good boundaries. And it's so funny that I feel like right now, I'm being triggered, but also given the opportunity to actually put my money where my mouth is on these topics. Like, yes, I can be cautious and let someone show me who they are and be trusting. I feel like I have an open heart, but I'm not allowing, I'm just, I'm listening to my intuition with this person. And that is really, really powerful because people we are dating have a large impact on our lives. Also, I want to be clear. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing next week. I am flying back to the mainland. I have a competition in Los Angeles on Thursday, but after Thursday, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't formally done anything about my engineering job. I'm supposed to go back on September 19th and I do have an idea of what I want to do but I'm god it's a little scary you know so that's gonna be pending next episode you guys are gonna get some insights into that whole situation guess the premise of all this is that Things are getting really interesting around here. My last week in Waikiki, I'm making big life decisions. I'm figuring shit out. I'm deciding what my next steps are. And I'm really just working and growing and trying to be a better fucking person one day at a time. It's funny because the relationship stuff is so... It's so like annoying because it can be all consuming and it's one of those things you can't work on by yourself. Like you have to work on this in the context of a 
relationship, which is part of why I've been avoiding relationships for so long. It's just easier for me to stay non-committal and date guys who aren't capable of love. And it's just easier to be emotionally unavailable. And it's a lot more difficult to be vulnerable. And I've definitely seen that in some of the guys I've dated. Like it's been so clear that they're afraid of being vulnerable. So afraid of being seen, which I understand because my therapist told the same thing to me about me. But you are not going to change. You're not going to grow and you're not going to get better by repeating the same patterns. The same comfortable kind of toxic patterns that you've been living in to protect yourself. Eventually, you will realize that you are ready to let them go. I'm, you know what? Mac is entering her soft girl era, guys. Do we know what's next? Absolutely not. But seeing someone who dates in a secure way is really eye-opening. And I do not plan on letting my peace be disturbed by guys with poor intentions. Not even poor intentions, because I feel like some of them didn't have poor intentions. They just truly weren't capable of emotional intimacy. We're going to protect the peace, okay? Feral girl fall. We are protecting our own peace. It's getting really hot in my apartment and I have some other things I need to do. I've got some brand kind of content stuff I got to wrap up, but that is the podcast today, y'all. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, being vulnerable. We're talking about emotional intimacy. We're talking about attachment styles. I think I gave you all a pretty good insight into my mind when I'm dating. I hope that you're able to take something away from this, maybe a little inkling of awareness. Do your required reading, please. And we are almost at 200 reviews, I think, on the Spotify. So that's pretty cool. So uh, if you like this podcast, please, please, please subscribe. Throw us a little like. Check out the Instagram page for the podcast. And you can follow myself on all my socials. I'm Mac Smith, uh, Mac on the run on TikTok. You can follow me everywhere. And if you're interested in coaching with me, the consultation call link is available in the link in my bio on my Instagram. As always, it's really, really lovely to be here with you all. I'm sorry this episode wasn't longer, but I, I, have, I have things to do. I'm going to go see the man today. So there are runs to be had, miles to be shared. As I always say, share it with your hottest friend. Send it to your mom. Tell her I love her. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and you enjoyed the episode.